0: All right, um, I would like to start the fourth episode of the Open Dialogue podcast. I'd like to welcome on a good friend of mine, Coach Eddie, um, Adnisha Curry. She is an assistant coach for the main men's basketball team and one of two, I believe, women in men's basketball. I think that's right. Um, Thanks for coming on, Coach.
1: You're welcome, and you are correct. I am one of two now, (laughs) Coach Grimm-Adams. Uh, is at Loyola Maryland coaching this season,
0: and for a while you were the only one, right? Yep. For the I was like, the past... only one
1: past two years. I was, but year three, it's two of us.
0: Okay, well, hopefully, we keep moving on with that. Hopefully, that number continues to grow. Yes. Um, okay, so the first thing I'd like to start out with is your background. Um, if you could just, I know there's probably a lot to fit, but Beginning to end, how you got to where you are now, some of the things that you think are important. Um, I know you played in the WNBA. You played at Oregon. I'd like to hear just a a brief brief background from you.
1: Wow. uh, You are, (laughs) Griff, you're exactly right. Uh, Summarizing my background. You know what? Um, The easiest way to put it is if I'm going to talk about my journey now, it's in my love of learning um, and the chase to understand my why in life. Hmm. And when I didn't get an opportunity after my transition from retirement, from WNBA and um, international basketball, FIBA basketball, I didn't get an opportunity to transition right into college coaching Um, my real growth in in sacrificing for this dream began in coaching in the Middle East, in China, in Southeast Asia, Um, spending five years globally coaching and learning and having an opportunity to perfect my craft as a coach before coming over here um, has been, you know, very beneficial in where I am now. Um, I know a lot of people just see, you know, Ednisha Curry, you know, on the women's staff at Maine, um, on the men's staff in Maine, and my work with, you know, the NBA, um, at the NBA Assistant Coaches Program, working draft camps with the Spurs and Minnesota Timberwolves, and then Summer League staff with the San Antonio Spurs. But this process really began in my sacrifice to leave America, um, for a dream and, and really have the time to work and learn and grow, um, abroad.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we've talked about that before. Um, you mentioned that that experience, the way they handle basketball over there is completely different. Like you, really had to like break down the game and they teach the game very differently than here. Here you might do skills and drills and they just say, do this crossover move, go to the hoop, that kind of thing. And there they really got in depth. Um, Can you just maybe talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. You know, my process of of learning and and developing players really started um, over there because it wasn't games. There is no, a u there is no spring ball or spring league or, or summer league there isn't a high school league you know there's just you know really um youth and then youth that make it to um the development stage on the national team you know you, you work on your fundamentals you work on your growth to make it to the 14 u or 16U, or 18U, and eventually to the national team of your country, and then, you know, um, to pros if you're good. So I got a lot of experience in the importance of the progression when it comes to developing a youth player um, to an elite youth to high school um, age player, versus here, you know, we have our Monday through Saturday practices, but, you know, during that time, we may have Tuesday, Thursdays games, or, you know, if you're working doing spring ball or summer ball, you know, it may be Monday through Friday and then Saturday and Sunday you're playing, you know, maybe four to six games, depending on, you know, what leagues you're playing in. So it's it's definitely um, more geared towards the development Versus here, it's it's a lot um, geared towards winning and playing more.
0: Mm. And how long were you out there overseas? Five years in total. Five years. And where where again specifically did you live in those five years? I lived in Jerusalem,
1: Israel, wow. uh, Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, and Taiwan, China.
0: Wow, that's a, that must have been an incredible experience.
1: Very different, incredible, (laughs) very different. Um, I had a lot of adjusting, um, even as a coach, you know, um, being that English is my first language. It's not their first language. They all, you know, learn it in schools, but, you know, coaching and having to have a translator and, you know, during practice and games in certain situations, um, it, it it was it was interesting, but it also taught me um, the power of teamwork and the power of working with, you know, with other people um, on a common goal. So it, it really helped my development as a coach.
0: Absolutely. And so from after that overseas experience, what was the next step? in your career.
1: Next step was uh coaching uh at uh, Maine, University of Maine on the women's staff. So I coached on the okay. women's staff 2 years um before my transition into uh men's basketball. And my transition from there um was the NBA assistant coaches program where I work with high level staff and um, players and coaches all around the NBA to kind of learn the NBA game, um, getting chances to coach in the NBA draft combines, the G League showcases, um, national, uh, the National G League tryout, um, but more importantly, um, getting an opportunity to work beside some of the, which I believe is some of the greatest minds um, in basketball at that level. And watching, you know, how they learn and how they perfect their craft was uh, hugely beneficial um, for me and in my growth before transitioning over to being an assistant coach for um, the University of Maine men's basketball program.
0: And how were you – because a lot of my listeners are going to be curious. Like, they're – people are trying to get their foot in the door. They're trying to make that next step. So how did you um, get connected with the staff at Maine on the woman's side initially?
1: You know what? A great friend of mine, Gannon Baker, who I had worked with and um, knew me and knew you know, the value and what I can bring to a college staff. And he just sent me a text message And it was like, hey, I have a friend. He's looking for someone who is really good in scout and player development. I thought of you. Do you want to come home?
0: Sure. And you were like that, yeah. I was (laughs) like,
1: sure. And he's like, (laughs) I I will set up a Skype call. So I set up. They set up a Skype Skype call with um, Coach Barron and at that time Amy Bashon. Um, we talked on Skype for, you know, really good time. Conversation was slowing. Um, two days later, he offered me the position and I was on a flight, a 22 hour flight <laughs> from Ho Chi Minh City to Bangor, Maine. Um, but it it really, I think when you think about Getting into this this field and getting your foot in the door. it's not really who you know. Um, it's about who will talk about you when you're not around, who will um, hype up your value? you know who will, who will be excited to tell other people about your value and what you can bring to them um, is more importantly. I tell people all the time, I don't know a lot of people. I don't have a Rolodex of names and numbers that I call. um, But I do have enough people that talk about me when I'm not around them, which allows um, me opportunities um, and, and experiences that I couldn't have in my life. I think a lot of young people focus so much on you know, running around, hey, do you know me? I want to know you. I want to get to know you, sending emails and, you know, letters. And yeah, that all of that stuff is good. I'm not saying it's not good, but I don't think young people feel spent, spend enough time adding value to other people. Giving and serving is the most important thing um, that you can do. And the only way you can do that is if you're studying your craft and and working on your craft. You know, remember when, you know, me and you met um, and you asked to meet me. And, you know, I said, hey, you know, come to the hotel at eight in the morning. And the first thing Mm -hmm. I told you, I said, yo, come with your your, your laptop and computer. Like, if we're going to meet, we're going to work. That was value. You know, I was seeing what you can bring to other people. Because when I talk about you, I want to say, hey, Griff can do this. This is what Mm -hmm. I've seen his value. I've seen his work. He can help you. You don't have anybody on your staff. This young man can do this and he can do it really well because I've seen it. And Mm -hmm. you throughout the year, you know, contacting me and calling me, you weren't calling always to be like, Hey, how you doing? Yes. You do a great job of that. But it was always like, Hey coach, look, I'm working on this project. Can you look at, I need your eyes or, You know, I'm stuck on something. You were working on your craft, so you're always adding value. So in my head, I'm always like, okay, okay, if someone says they need somebody with video experience, analytics experience, whatever it is, I'm like, okay, I know somebody that needs an opportunity, but you brought that value to me. I don't think there's enough young people that value the, most people call it now the unseen hours. The work without um, being um, celebrated enough, because, you know, that's where you really get your foot in the door. You know, yes, you need to know people, but you also, every coaching staff and every person that you're with, you know, that relationship has to be um, very give and take. It can't just be take, take, take.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, I was going to bring that story up because even when we had our initial phone call, like my senior year as a manager, I was, I was in a very much a rhythm of, you know, because I talked to a lot of people, how can I move up the ranks? And they say, use LinkedIn, like (laughs) email people network. And I was just like, in a robotic, just like volume, like, let me just try to get as many people. And many of my phone calls were just, you know, kind of the same, you know, keep in touch, maybe work our camp, that, that that kind of thing. But when I talked with you, you immediately were like, cut the shit. What do you do? Like, what what is your, what are your skills? Like, do you have, can you bring any value? And I was like, I think, I, th- I think I have some stuff. And you were like, no, you need to do this, this, and this, which was awesome. And it taught me that i'm not going to call people anymore and and you know kind of kiss butt i'm not going to do that i'm going to if i'm going to reach out to somebody i'm going to add value because at the end of the day no one wants to do a phone call where you're just networking to network it's it's can you can you add value what what can you do and you don't necessarily always have to add value to them you can just like you said work on yourself independently and put the work out represent your own brand yep. so
1: very important that's
0: definitely and you
1: know yeah. I, I always challenge you know young people young people have this idea of they want to work for all these great coaches you know like you 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 ask all you like yeah. what is what is your you know your dream <sighs> list you know yeah. and my challenge is what can you bring um to your dream list you know um what are you working on you know if you want to work for a dream coach you know would you be willing to send this coach scouting reports or video edits and not get a response back you know How hard are you willing to work for something um, and put yourself out there to achieve this dream? Because it's not easy. You know, everyone's making calls, everyone's, you know, sending letters and and making business cards or whatever it may be, whatever, whatever, whatever you learned in networking one-on-one. But um, when you add value to people, and you bring value to someone's life, I think that's more important because that's the true start of building a relationship. Like, me and you have a relationship. That's why I told you to, excuse my language, cut the shit. Like, you don't have to, like, I was like, yo, you don't have to do all of the, 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 like, the script talking. Look, we're yeah. in the same town. I it, yeah. it it is it's not my scout. We have shoot around. We have a uh, team meal. I think we had it at nine or something. We yeah. met at maybe 7.45. I said, "Look, I will spend time with you. Bring your laptop and computer. Show me what you can do. I can make corrections, and we can go from there." Uh, that's a relationship, and we'll always have that relationship, no matter who you work for, who you work with. You know you call me at two in the morning, text me two in the morning Stuck, And I'm like, what? And I'm looking like, okay, okay, I'm up, you know? Okay, look, let yeah. me go to my computer. and like, this is what you can do. But that, you know, mm-hmm. that's really what this journey is about. You know, it's us making each other better and challenging each other. And I think um, that's lost. Like, you know, I, I'm really honest when I say I... I know a lot of people, but as far as relationships, like one-on-one relationships, relationships where we're feeding each other, I I have a select few. Um, And I think that's what, if you really want to get into this field and young people, share your value. Don't feel like you have to hoard it. Um, You're afraid if someone else can take it and run with it. You know, a lot of times people... Forget that their their purpose and and their gift is their juice, and mm-hmm. it's room for all of us and you know using social media and linkedin and and Instagram and Twitter, you really have you unique free platforms to share with the world. you know no one knows who you are until you really tell them, and you're not gonna tell them or show them really by you know, sending, hey, how are you doing letters and emails all the time that (laughs) Mm -hmm. we're just past that. Personally, I think we're just past that stage, Um, you know, in the world of, you know, getting into this business in relationships. And another thing is, if you want to work with someone and you want to get in, you know, ask to go to their practice, study look at them be around them and just go like sometimes it's hard for people you can go and build a relationship before you ask for something i think people go yeah. for the ask way too early and it makes people mm-hmm. not want to build with people go I go agree. go to five or six practices and, and and you know go to a camp go to a clinic you know hey coach you know i worked on a scout report is there anyone in your staff that, you know, could give me some pointers? He or she might give it to you, or they may send it off to somebody else and like, hey, check out this young, you know, this young person's, you know, report, give them some feedback, you know, but, you know, people remember people who work, they really do. A lot of people don't think so, because a lot of people don't want to work <laughs> without the yeah. without the prize. Um, But I worked years and years without the prize and, you know, it's working.
0: Yeah. And I also think another layer to it is there are a lot of people in the business that, uh, and this is just business in general and relationships in general, if someone is below you and asks for help or advice and can't really elevate you in the world at all sometimes it's easy to just brush them off and not add any value to their life because you just kind of selfishly think like they can't help me i i just think that's the ultimate measure of a person's character is is do they help you out when they when they when the person who's asking for help can't provide any value. Like uh, I was just a manager at UMass Lowell, there's nothing I'm really going to do right now that's going to help you in the basketball world. But that's why I respect you so much because you sat down, gave me gave me the time and and have, you know, taught me things even when I could provide no value for you technically, you know. So that's that's a huge deal and now when I interact with people who ask me for help I give them anything and everything I can, you know, specifically with the networking stuff, because even though they might not be able to help me in my career, you helped me. So I'm just, you know, passing it on.
1: A part of that was when we were having our interaction. What did I say? I said, the only thing I need you to do is do this for someone else. That's Mm -hmm. it be yeah, be yeah, be this yeah. person, be who I am when you get to a point where you know you can help other people. be that person, take that time, take that call because one thing for me value um is different for everybody, but for me, what value means for me is people it means relationships with people. I feel personally that I am the coach I am now and the person I am now because I found I find value in people. It's not the titles, it's it's not any of that for me. It's the people. We learn and we grow if we continually put value in people. And me putting value in you and you putting value in me. You might have not thought that you were you know putting any <laughs> value in my life but that relationship for me and the start of it was, you know, there is going to be eventually, you know, um, and was, you know, at the time, there. I'm working with student assistants, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm working with managers or, you know, whatever title you guys want to, you know, add to your name. I am don't think it's necessary, but that's a whole nother podcast. But um, <laughs> for me working with you was like, okay, what, in my head, I'm thinking as a leader, what anxieties do they have? What fears do they have? How do they feel? Because when I go back to Maine, I'm working with these same young people. And I'm like, okay, I gotta gotta let them know that they can come to me. Even though they feel like Mm -hmm. they're not adding value to my life, you guys are. It just may not be on a you know, X's and O's and professional, like whatever it may be, but you're adding value to me as a leader and a person that job ultimately is to impact and change other people's life. That's a different value. So for me, value is not always in what you can give to me. It's in the relationship that allows us to grow together.
0: Yep. That's awesome. That's how, that's really how it should be. And I guess, that's that's probably where most of the disconnect is is that you a lot of people do judge relationships on what can you do for me on the surface but if we all kind of chose to flip the, the view then things would be a lot different um and and honestly that that's what i what really bothers me um on the college level from a player perspective i really don't like when uh, players are seen as as just kind of a chess piece you know like what can you where can you add value to me how many points can you score and if you're not getting the job done I then you're kind of dead to me I have no relationship and I know that you know with your team you have a great relationship with all your players regardless of the input or output they put and I wish that More programs were like that, you know, because it's just it's sad to see players, their their relationship with coaches is is very much dictated a lot of the times on on what how they're producing. And that's that's never going to be a consistent, you know, way to to go about things.
1: You know, it's so hard. Relationships are hard. Um, And relationships are even harder when everyone's livelihood (laughs) is based on performance. It's, it's Mm -hmm. really a hard balance, you know? Um, And I always tell young people, you know, even the, the young players that I get to work with daily to think about that. And that's why it's so important for me to continue to educate people take the title away from people do not attach titles to people this is don't attach titles to people look at people for people mm-hmm. My, i'm just at curry i happen to coach that's it i'm not coach yeah. that's that's what i do but the person is who I am every day, and as people, we all deal with life, and life is is harder than sport. And we're and when you're a head coach, assistant coach, whatever, you're managing your life, <laughs> and then you're managing the pressure of performance in your job, and having to be in control and and be. Um, so-called perfect sometimes for everybody else and sometimes some people do a great job of that some people are lucky with wins and losses um some people like I said people you know have trouble communicating those relationships or understanding or or um coming together you know again relationships are so hard and they're so difficult um I think it's it's important to really um, strip away the titles and think about the people. And I think that will help everyone grow together further. It's too easy for people to say, man, he's a head coach or man, she's a head coach. She should be this. You're putting stipulations on somebody's title. You're not thinking about the person. You know, and I think that gets lost in all of this. Um, it, it's, it's very hard um, when your livelihood is based on performance to find that balance. Because, you know, we're in a profession where as much as we love our players and, and you know, it's hard for me to say that any coach doesn't value their players or, or love their players or care for them when, you know, you're hearing boosters and media and, you know, 80s and presidents Mm -hmm. saying, yo, dude, or yo, (laughs) hey, Eddie, I think you need to win, you know, that, (laughs) that, that comes with the territory. And I think everyone understanding, I think we can do maybe a better job of communicating the ecosystem of sports around performance and why it's so important for everyone to truly buy in to this ecosystem and and, and buy into why it's important that you know you don't be moody as a player or a coach or why you have to perform um within this ecosystem and what 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 it means um as far as the relationship and, and how this relationship continues because in the end if I don't perform as a coach, I get fired. You don't perform as a player, you don't get to play. So I think it's just the, the perspective um, and looking at it different. I think it just needs um um to be better communicated. I don't think it's necessarily that players or coaches are like, I'm done with you. It's just the way it's communicating and presenting. And, it, and it, sometimes it's it's not as easy when you care about someone, you really do care about, A person and they're not performing for you it's not easy to say look this is why it's people don't realize it's very hard for people to be bad guys it's hard even when it's the right thing to do it's it's hard to communicate the hard truth it just is so you know we we just Mm -hmm. all of us have to really have true compassion and and true grace in those those hard times and, and find ways to not look at the person that's in leadership in a bad way but look and look at the person in leadership um in ways that you can help them you know be better and help them um really communicate you know what they need and and in you know their culture i think that's um a huge huge when it comes to this because it's this is performance based you don't perform you don't get playing time
0: you don't perform you get fired as a coach (laughs) yeah it's it's a hard it's a hard it balance because yes you do have to perform and but also you want relationships and everything you put into it to be as genuine as possible i would say though like even at Lowell as a manager, I saw certain players, just just me staying late on a Friday night, talking to them about how they had a bad game on Wednesday and what they could do in tomorrow's game. You can literally see improvement just by showing them you care and invest a little bit of time. Like, I can't preach how much that, that just is so important. Just even if you... Not even just the act of, like, getting more reps in, but the act of showing them that you care, they matter, they're part of the team. It literally makes, it's a night and day difference. I don't know if you've experienced the same thing.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I think when you're thinking about relationships, you just got to think about the holistic approach. There's a time where you need to talk hoop. There's time when you just need to get mm-hmm. on a player with academics. And it's times where you just need to ask a player, how's your mom doing? You know, you, you have to, yeah. to balance all of this to keep them balanced, to keep, you know, basically their mind, you know, focused and their mind on the positive. Because one thing about mindset just as easy as you will get more negative thoughts in your mind than positive. And with everything going on with social media, with these young people, it is so easy to go feed the negative part of your mindset instead of the positive. So as coaches, you know, we really have to be intentional about feeding um, our players and, and feeding that positive mindset and keeping them growing and keeping them, you know, in the right perspective, you know, even when things are tough, you know, I think that's the hard part, you know, it's very hard for people to, to, to grow and see growth when there's no reward because we're in a a basketball society where it's all reward, you know, reward what may be likes and how many stars you get, you know, everything is based on, Success and growth is based on what you're getting now. Um, so as coaches and leaders, we have a challenge to um, grow that part of their mind in their perspective and growth and process. Like, And that's not easy. It, it, it's very difficult. But you're right. You do have to um, spend a little extra time giving a hug here and there. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any tips or kind of what do you do personally when it's harder to stay positive? You know what I mean? When you're in the tail end of the season and things aren't going your way, like what do you do personally to kind of get yourself back a on wreck?
1: That's what I call it. Uh,
0: yeah, that's a great, you know, that's a And great the thing word. is yeah. just
1: acknowledging. I think a lot of people don't acknowledge when they're in a rut. You know, we're in this this perfect, look at me, I gotta be perfect performance-based society. And that's not, you know, true. Um, even the greatest leaders, the greatest people, me and all of my success, I still get in a rut. Um, and you know what? I take time off. Sometimes when you get Mm -hmm. in a rut, take time off. It is okay if you Netflix. It is okay if you go to bed at 8 (laughs) o'clock or 9 o'clock or whatever. You don't always have to be on the grind all the time. Sometimes when you're in a rut, you need time to reset. And be okay if you need to reset every month. It doesn't mean that you're not going to achieve your next goal or be successful. You have to be okay with resetting your life um, when it's needed. And I don't think enough people do it. You know, we just, you know, I don't ever try to grind myself out of a rut. I think that's a mistake. At least for me, it is. You know, I don't, when I'm in a rut, I don't try to like watch more video or read more, study more, contact people more. (laughs) i I be still, you know, I, I, you know, it's time for me to be still. It's time for me to get rest. It's time for me to, you know, not think about basketball, you know, catch up on Netflix, call family, FaceTime, hang out with friends. Um, It's time for me to balance because sometimes when you're in in a rut, uh, you're just overloading yourself with your goals and your dreams sometimes. And you just can't take it anymore. You need a rest. So for me, it's a rest. And I've made it, um, like today is usually my relaxed day, Sunday. I usually don't take many calls. Um, I chill out, watch TV, clean up around the house, you know, get ready for the week. But I think it's important that um, you do that. And then more importantly, have... um, a safe space of people where you can be vulnerable with, where you can really, um, communicate and say, you know, like I'm not right and feel safe about it. I think that's, that's very important because the more you hold it in it, the more it holds you back. It just builds and builds. So for me, that's what I do.
0: Love it. And, um, I know you do a lot of stuff off the court, like talk. And, yes. <laughs> you know, you do like, you need to do these podcasts and you, I think you love doing it. What, um, what kind of stuff like have you been doing like lately? Like, like do you have any like things, any projects or anything? You've um, been working I've been on?
1: doing a lot of mentoring, um, a lot of talking to young people, mm-hmm. podcasts, of course. Um, Verbal conferences and and just spending time studying, you know, um, and then using this time to tutor my brother <laughs> and hang out with my brother and and teach yeah. him new things. Uh, that that's been fun um, for me. But I think the off season, you know, a lot of times coaches are always, you know, harping on players and, you know, you guys need to use the off season. You need to get better. I think sometimes as coaches, we forget that we need to get better too. So, you know, one of my things is I always go back to my scouting reports or practices or videos, and I critique myself. I I watch and see what I could have done better. Um, I think about situations where I've communicated to my head coach or players where I could have been better. I really do a lot of self-reflecting during this time and a lot of time the off season for me is, is really about giving back. I, I'm going to be, you know, I guest lecture, I'm going to be teaching a couple classes, you know, at a university and their, their sports classes. So a lot of the off season is for me sharing um, my knowledge with the next generation to grow and, become curious about learning um and finding their true why in life
0: that's amazing yeah and then by you doing that it's just triggering a whole whole set of other people doing it which is great um my last question do you have what what do you have any are you really trying to stay in the moment or do you have big goals that you want to attack my number future? one goal my
1: my end my my end end goal is to be a division one men's basketball head coach that's my end goal how I yeah. get there i don't know <laughs> what direction um what path i don't know but in the end where whenever the end comes, I hope that that'll be um where I'll be standing
0: and and why, what's, what's like your driving purpose behind that? Just cause that's, you really enjoy basketball no, and that's what you want to do. No, it's to
1: truly break a glass ceiling. It's to really break a barrier yeah. for other women. Um, I feel that my purpose is not about me. You know, you, you've seen my tweets and texts. I've I'm always, it's bigger than me mm-hmm. because it really is, you know, Um, And I really believe representation matters and me pushing the envelope and saying this and and going for this. Um, I'm giving courage to the next generation of young girls and women um, who are following in my
0: footsteps. Awesome. Love it. All right. I really appreciate it. Always. Thank you, coach. And we'll definitely we will definitely stay stay in communication and keep the relationship going. But I wish you the best of luck moving forward. And hopefully that goal will come true. Thank you so much. Have a great
1: day.